Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to talk about making feed. In our Egg History Minute, we're going to talk about the horse manure apocalypse of the late 1800s. So we're bringing back Cool Beans, that's corny, today to talk about some current events. You applied what? We've got some chemicals to see if we can figure out what is the same active ingredient, which one is different. And outstanding in our field, we're going to have a special holiday-themed reporter this week. So I am Matt Brueger, and with me today are Max Garvey. What's up, everybody? Todd Schomburg. Hey, all you Tilthies out there. And we are all with Tilth Agronomy. So let's get into it, guys. Making feed. What a wonderful topic for this holiday season. How is the holiday season treating you guys? It's been great. I mean, uh, newly engaged, so it's a big... uh, Congratulations, Max! Yeah, it's a big undertaking. Your first uh, holiday engagement because every you know everybody wants to see you and see the see the ring and do the dance. So it's been. Um, do you get to meet everybody, Max, or any any news yeah. new people that you haven't met? Yeah, well, we do. Uh, we did uh, three different Thanksgiving celebrations, and we're gonna do about seven different Christmas celebrations. So it'll be um, six cities in six days, and be like the Rolling Stones. I'm gonna be. <laughs> On tour, yeah. It's my quick official... trip. My quick trip card is gonna go platinum like overnight, yeah. pretty much. So it'll be good. Just just gonna go for the fleet card. You might need to take a yeah. shower and yeah. uh, get some food. I honestly, that's how it's gonna feel by like day three. I'm gonna be like, okay, uh, I'm I'm ready to be that's, done. That's no. how you know if your marriage will last if you can last through run that, that gauntlet. Yeah, the yeah. gauntlet yeah, it, of meeting everybody. It's already like we're both already talking about it. Like, oh, it's gonna be a long couple days, and then the dog in the car besides that really just you know hundred pound black lab. <laughs> In the back seat of a truck, just really brings it all together. You can borrow some of my kids, Max. To no, throw back there. yeah, that would that would really spice it up right no. there. <laughs> no, I mean no, Todd's three, my two. You could have five kids it's in that car that plus a dog. Song. No, the American no. dream, this right you, there. This is you in like Sounds right twelve years, there. Max. That's terrible. you in twelve years. <laughs> I get I get to ride the um the bus as as the wrestling coach. Oh, yeah, I get to ride the middle bus. Schoolers. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's their their prime bo time. That's right there an experience. After. That is an experience. <laughs> they, oh wow! I can't believe I was ever like that. Like just <laughs> yeah. screaming for no reason. <laughs> I don't understand. I, I am so confused about how being a child works. <laughs> you you're not that far removed from it, Max. Yeah, Come yeah. on. I know that. <laughs> that that's the scary part. <laughs> All right. So since it is close to the holidays, we got Christmas coming up in a few days. You guys present wrappers or not? I mean, obviously with our kids, I wrap presents, but my wife, I got her an item of clothing, so I had her try it on so she knows what she's getting. Um, what about you guys? Where do you stand I, on? I, I threw my wife's gift in the box but didn't wrap the bottom, so it's just kind of Just going to fall out? <laughs> There's box underneath. All it's right. just, it seemed like a waste of wrapping Cause, paper. Because that would like, be... This is ridiculous. I would be impressed if you would like cut the bottom of the box out and, and set it under set the it tree over. so Ooh, she I picks it up. I should make some of those, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that would like be... Trap presents. You could save them for future years. Yeah. yeah like that. So my, I grew up, my grandma is Chris Kringle's half-brother or half-sister. So basically, I, at the age of like six, it was like, okay, present wrapping station, let's go. So, so I, you're uh, like a uh, I'm not good at it, but I definitely can do it. And I do like my dad when I still lived at home, he didn't wrap anybody's presents. He would just like, I'd be like sleeping on a Saturday morning. He'd go shopping at like five in the morning, come down to my room and just drop stuff on my bed and be like, I need these wrapped by tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, okay, okay, sounds good, Dad. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah, my grandma would wrap all the presents and. 
then it, you always knew it was Christmas when you got the call to go over and help haul the presents and the big fleet farm bags that she had made Ooh, up. Those are sweet. Oh, yeah. My favorite is that um, my dad's as surprised most of the time about what I'm getting for Christmas as I am. And he, his name is on the tag. <laughs> he and I are equally... Actually, sometimes I knew what I was getting more than he did. Like, I'd been like, hey, mom, I could really use this. And yeah, it was more a surprise for my dad. So I, that was always enjoyable for me. Very nice. Oh, yeah. And I went to uh, North Central Weed Science Society meeting last week. I know that's a, that acronym. It took me like... I yeah, was like halfway through the NC- first day before I could put that together what that was. And yeah. CWSS. It sounds North, like a, North yeah. Central Weed Science N- Society. Nickwis. Nickwis. Yeah, that was really cool. Really good opportunity. Uh University of Wisconsin Weed Lab, Weeds Lab really they showed out they they did a really good job. Um won some awards. So Cool. Wisconsin, showing how good of a program they are. Yeah, and and, good stuff. and you have to give credit to our our weeds expert, Rodrigo Worley. He's He's an all-star. He is awesome. awesome. So awesome. it was good. Awesome. Awesome conference and uh, good opportunity to learn a lot of stuff. What's Meet your number one takeaway? <sighs> I still think it's crazy that this is still the biggest thing that we're learning is you can't kill weeds when they're four feet tall. When they're tall. That's still <laughs> like, still that was still like no matter what anybody said about their weed control, Hey, get them before they're it was, before they're twelve inches tall. It was like get them at four inches. Yep. Yeah. And you could just hear all the mines blowing. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. and that's what's crazy is that it's these huge academic universities putting on these grad student presentations. But, but we're still not. And doing it's a, literally just guys. We, we have the tools. You just, just have to do it but when they're four right. inches tall, not four feet. Yeah. yeah. Do it right. Yeah. 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 Yep. So that was. I think that was one of the most like mind-boggling things to me the whole time i was there was like this is still what we're learning this is still it this is still what we haven't been able to wrap our head around so it's awesome all right well let's roll into our making feed discussion here so uh, i think when it comes to making feed it's always important to think about the goal of your operation or what kind of feed are you making is it dairy cow hay is it horse hay is it heifer hay you know what what kind of forage are you going for and what is it being fed to because it it makes a big difference i think it's hard to make a lot of high quality tons quickly um you know in one year i think to make high quality tons you have to commit to a four-year three-year alpha pure alfalfa stand um so i think in general what you want to try and do is just make lots of tons of moderate quality and then um if you have to supplement that into your dairy ration a little bit just to kind of beef it up. I mean, cows can eat air, so it may not be the highest quality. What about snow, Max? They can eat right snow, now. but not that much. It's not that nutritious. It saves on the hose and the uh, yeah. the blower there if yeah. you take the snow with it. Right. <laughs> God. So, so yeah, I think it's I think it in for most operations it's important to prioritize probably getting tons over getting quality if you're trying to do a, sh- a short-term um and bunker fix. Why we're talking about it right now is we're going into the new year, planning, trying to figure out. Okay, we're we're lacking in certain kind of forage, certain quality. How do you plan around that? And I agree with you, Max. Is you you probably plan your high quality first, so you kind of know where you're at with it. But to change that, it's hard. And usually, quality and yield that curve is the same. So the higher quality you want, the less yield you're typically going to get. So that whole thing has got to take into account of how you decide what you're going to do so i I agree with you that you maybe 
going, okay, this is how much high quality forage we're going to have. Let's supplement with this with the moderate or poor quality stuff and just get a whole bunch of it and, and kind of decide what you're going to plant that way. Well, and for reference, if for anybody listening that's not from around uh, northeast Wisconsin, we have had tremendous alfalfa kill the last three years, two years at least. Two years. Two years for sure. Uh, yeah. We went into this winter with standing water in every alfalfa field, so I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that next year is going to be year year three. It's, it's going to be tough. Again. Yeah, no, um, we've with the amount of water that's been sitting out there this fall, I mean, it never stopped raining this year, really. And uh, we had some farms that couldn't even get their third or fourth or whatever their final crop was going to be this year off. It's sitting under snow cover right now, which hopefully will help protect it for next spring. But we just don't know what we're going to be walking into in March, April. Right. So our alternative forages are going to be big again. They were big this year on prevent plant acres. And I think they're, they're probably going to end up being pretty big again next year. Cause I don't think we did. We didn't, like you said, we missed third crop, so some places only got two cuttings of alfalfa last year. That's not that's not enough feed um, usually. So, yeah, and we may have some farms that are going to punch up the corn silage acres and and try some alternative forage just to avoid that lack of yield that's in that establishing your alfalfa yeah. field seeding year. I think you see a lot of interesting combinations, um, which actually is what we're going to talk about next. Let's, let's talk about patching these hay fields that I think going into spring, what'll be hard is they're, they're going to be parts. They're going to be half the field is good and half is gone. So um, some of the things that seemed to work this year to patch was, you know, throwing clover um, or especially your, your grasses. So your if it's a one year fix, I was going Italian rye, which worked okay. Um, and then if it was a multiple year fix, I was using tall fescue or just one of those type of, um, more perennial grasses. Um, pretty good luck with all those. I mean, there's a lot of other things we can throw in there. Um, oats, sorghum, triticale, just kind of other stuff to patch them. Um, my two favorite and go-tos, like I said, are the, the tall fescue and Italian rye. I would say last year I did something where we threw an Italian rye thinking like, oh, this will be the last year we're going to keep it. Let's just chuck some Italian rye in. And we got to fall and was like, shoot, we should have put tall fescue in there or something that would have lasted because sometimes Italian rye overwinters, but not always. So it would have been nice to have that. Um, so, you know, almost plan on keeping it multiple years. And then if it didn't work out, you could have just took it and taken it out then. Yeah. So if you shoot like a perennial rye grass in there, it might be a better option than just going with a one year, year patch. Cause um, I know I had some guys try and sorghum this year, um, throwing that in there and um, other ones that did like a pasture mix so it was different yeah. grasses um, just something to kind of the upside is with the amount of water usually it's the wet holes that are the patch issues and the grass will help pull that it keep that together so I, I think the other important note that I had look I look back at some of my notes from the summer um, last week when I was at the conference just to see like hey what what did I learn this summer what did, what did I miss and uh hindsight 2020 we patched like pockets here and there on some farms and that was kind of a waste of time. We should have patched the whole, we should have done half right maybe on the whole field. Sure. Sure. Cause it, you know, and think of that where you're patching is the crappiest part of the field usually. So we're trying to fix something that's not necessarily fixable. It's a drainage tile, something else problem that, well, and we, we made some of those patching decisions before we, you know, and it was three weeks before we could get back out to the field. And by that three weeks, now instead of the two acres that was dead, now there was, yeah. you know, another another two. So we're up to four acres that was gone. 
So I think that maybe this coming year, I think we'll be a little bit more aggressive in patching some larger areas. Yeah, I think it's it's worth noting, though, too, it, Todd, you're right, the, those areas that are drowned out are probably the worst areas, and you're not going to fix them. Um, so if it is a newer stand, maybe don't waste the alfalfa seed in those spots either. Right, right. So go through with just your grass mix, and then if you're going to seed some alfalfa in, maybe throw it either throw it in on different spots and finish up on those poor areas, or because um, that's an expensive seed to, to throw away for a second year in a row if you just try to establish the field and it didn't grow the first time. What are you guys doing to replace a total loss alfalfa field this year? You know, like it's it's gone. So you're gonna no till some. I mean, assume you're gonna no till something in. Are you gonna? Yeah, most of the time we're no tilling corn into that to yeah. get to gain the alfalfa credit for nitrogen, and then rotating a different acre that was gonna be corn into some sort of alternative forage, whether it's sorghum sedan, sorghum that kind of thing bmr sorghum sedan or regular which i mean which did you have better luck with this year <laughs> neither yeah <laughs> yeah this year was so wet sorghum just didn't it was i i had some good luck with with that using corn planter planted 30 inch rows sprayed it with dicamba you know almost treating it like corn, corn yeah um and that actually did you let that out. did you let it that had, mature and dry had, a little it bit to, so it, was, it had to freeze yeah unfortunately that that's what's hard with it i uh it was this year we put a lot of like hope in the sorghum sedan, and then it was the one of the coldest summers on record and one of the wettest, which are basically the opposite of what sorghum sedan likes. So it was, it was not a fair shake for sorghum sedan, and I know a lot of guys tried it for the first time this summer, and it, it's kind of unfortunate now that they probably all have a bad taste in their mouth. Hopefully we can um, maybe ne- this coming year show them a little bit better version. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm hoping for a, a better outlook this next year. So... Um... As far as patching in, I think most of the guys are going to be looking at probably first crop, after first crop. Um, you could try to frost seed, but there is some risk to that. Um, you know, when when can you get out there? Last year we had a, like a two-day window of frost seeding. Yeah, two days from 4 a.m. to noon maybe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It wasn't, no, even, it wasn't even the full, full day. Yeah. yeah. Yep, absolutely. So the, It's hard, too, to decide how well that stand's going to be at that point, but it is, the earlier the better to, to try to patch them in. Yeah. No, I, I've seen frost seeding do really well. Um, I think it's a viable option, but it, there is, it is a risk situation where even you need to manage. Seems that. like we've had good luck too. Not when it's frost seeded, but when that alfalfa is that even eight inch tall, where you're going to run a bunch down and kind of wreck some of it, but yet you get that seed in there earlier, and then it's there for second cutting is kind of nice. Right, and yep. waiting till after, after first crop. First, and it's like then, then you don't see it till third, third if you're lucky. Yep. And, right. Yeah. And then if it's you know if, if you planted a warm season grass and you're not going to see it till after third, well you could be. This year, especially, we were beyond our warm. Our warm season was gone already, so we basically, you know, it was uh, all for naught. Yeah, between the the cold weather and the the wetness, that the fall seeding really wasn't a, a good establishment for this year. So, all right, there you go. Talking about patching patching hay fields and making feed. Uh, just some ideas to think about over the winter here as we move into spring. Hopefully, a better spring than we've had these last couple of years. So now we'll roll into our Ag History Minute. Roll on down the river. So today we're going to talk about the horse manure apocalypse of the late 1800s. So cities throughout the U.S. would pile horse manure in vacant lots and left dead horse corpses in the streets. So when you make predictions of the future, it's difficult and often not 
as bad as expected. So it sounds like a terrible thing, you know, thinking of all these dead horses and their manure just lying in the streets and how sewers were. But automobiles help solve that crisis. We went away from riding horses and horse-drawn buggies, and that made a big difference. So in a city like Milwaukee in 1907, for instance, the human population was 350,000 and a horse population of 12,500. So that's a hundred. It's a horse cafe, right? Yeah, 133 a... tons of manure a day, and imagine that just leaving that in the street. Sounds great. They, they were just buying. Yeah, think of that filling lots, abandoned. You know, just put lots just full of manure, just piled. Isn't right? that what they called like, it when they built that new Viking stadium? They bought that <laughs> lot and built a pile of manure. That's, that's... It's the same. Bam! It's the Bank of America pile of manure. Thank you. <laughs> it has a name. <laughs> it has a name. <laughs> so yeah, I and yeah. Once you had cars, we didn't have the the manure issue in in cities, and I mean, we still had probably some sewage issues in the early 1900s, but um, we've solved those over the years. We're not just throwing our uh, bodily waste out the window into the the alleyways like they used to. So. Um, yeah, they, just, they said there was a pile as big as 170 feet high. It just like, that, yeah, that was in New York. Yeah, yeah so I mean, just think of that of like just how much flies and just and just this 170 pile. feet, 75 feet high on one acre. Yeah, I mean that's just like a skyscraper of poop right there. It's a big the feed middle. pile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, yeah how do, and to feed all them horses too. Think of that, like what you're bringing in. Yeah. Every it's, apple cart they walk past, they can just pick one off yeah, and keep going. It's wild in a time like now where we're so concerned with like groundwater and, and keeping manure where it's supposed to be. There's no way that was staying. No, <laughs> no, it's on the vacant lot. It's staying right there. It's not going down the street with the rain. No way. Yeah, you know, like oh yeah, it's so different. But well, even then, you know, there I found a quote here. It's uh, from. Lippincott's magazine, Americans are a horse-loving nation. This widespread adoption of the motor-driven vehicle in this country is open to serious doubt. And look where we are now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so um, just goes to show, you know, you, you can think a lot about the future, but sometimes one innovation can make a big difference. All right. For all you listeners out there, if you enjoy what you're hearing, please contact your independent crop consultant, You can find them at naicc.org, which is the National Association of Independent Crop Consultants. And there you'll look for on the website, um, find a consultant in your area. So thanks for listening. All right. Now we're going to move into Cool Beans, or that's corny. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. All right. I got the Cool Beans this week and and the corny, I guess. The Cool Bean is going to be the House Passes USMCA Bill which should lead to increased exports and dollars in pockets. So that's the United States-Mexico-Canada trade agreement, basically. Yeah, the um, old NAFTA, sure. It, yeah, NAFTA, NAFTA's cool older brother, or younger <laughs> younger brother. Younger, younger yeah. brother. We, we hope. We hope, we hope. Yeah. yeah. So it's not, I mean, obviously this was just a vote, but at least things are going in the right direction. It's something positive to look forward to, I think. Um, markets didn't really, they passed the bill yesterday, and I didn't see markets really jump much yet. But usually when they pass something like that, you get a little bit of excitement, a little bit of money being spent. So that was a good thing. Um, and then that's corny. That is, this is super corny. We're going to be back up to 40 degrees this weekend. We're yeah. going to lose our snow cover. Yeah, no, that's going to be, uh, well, and there are some parts of the state that don't even have snow yeah. cover. So right. south of, about the middle part of the Wisconsin well, and south. I, I was in Elkhorn have, this weekend. They yeah, don't have which is any 
crazy too. But like you say, that right before Christmas, lose all the snow and just. I'm going. Moisture. I'm going well, north for Christmas. So yeah. <laughs> even on Christmas, they're talking rain. It'll be warm enough yeah, that it'll be that rain. It'll, that it yeah, mix or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, well, I hope not a mix. They've been there before. Yeah, that makes for yeah for the guys who have to travel across the state. <clears throat> we really hope it's not a mix. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, no, we're we're still not done with 2019. We've got a couple of weeks left. Hopefully, I think we'd all like to think as soon as the the calendar turns to 2020, it'll be over. But this weather pattern is is not been fun for anything. So nope, nope. So. All right, now we're going to talk about you applied. What? No, nobody. What did you do? Sorry, Bill's not here today. We have, somebody's got to fill in. Come on, guys. That's the best part of the whole podcast, right there. Bush league, Bush league. Let's go. Get on your game. We gotta make a hot button. Let's All right, who's yeah. got who's got the chemicals for this week? I also have the chemicals this week. So we're gonna go. Do you want to know what family they are, or do you want me to just read them and let you guys guess? Yeah, you can tell us. I can what, tell you. All what, right. What's the active ingredient? So, so we're going to go with glufosinate. This oh, okay. Liberty. So liberty. liberty. No, no. Liberty, liberty, liberty. No, not liberty. <laughs> glufosinate. It's not a Kleenex. It's a tissue. Get it together, guys. All right. So. We couldn't have done that gag with the liberty, 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 though, yeah. if we would have. That, that's true. But it's. Is it Le- is it Limu Emu? Limu Emu. Yeah, yes. maybe we can get yeah. them as a as a guest on the show. Limu Our- Emu and Doug. Our- <laughs> we do have a Doug. So there you go. Thank Liberty Mutual. Throw some dollars at us. There's your free advertising for the week. All right, no more free ads for today. No way. <laughs> All right, so let's go with the products here. We have Cheetah, Finale, Interline, and Reward. Glufosinate chemicals. Some of them. This shows how much we use Liberty and not other ones, because wow, so I, I got so you I got a good it. one, man. <laughs> I, I, like, <laughs> I'm sure there's some that use these, and that's why we talk about this. But I'm gonna just go with Innerline because it sounds more like an adjuvant or something else to me. That's your that's your that's, odd that's, one out. That's my odd. Yeah, no. is it the animal? Is it the cheetah? Because finale, that sounds final. Innerline reward, rewards are good. Reward, yeah. Um, hmm. yeah, I'm gonna go cheetah. Cheetah, yeah. cheetah is your out and out. All right, I would like to say that both of you are wrong, um, but Matt went right, took the bait exactly the way I hope somebody would, and put, I put three like non-animal things that they're not really similar. I guess yeah. they're you know they're whatever yeah. they're along the same thought process at least. And then one animal, I knew that one. I was hoping that would that would trip somebody up. You know, I wrote these. I was real sneaky last night as I'm writing this down. The actual odd one out is reward. So okay. cheetah, finale, and interline are all glufosinate chemicals. Reward. Any guesses on what that is? It is a real chemical. This is a real... Okay. A chemical or an adjuvant? It, it's a real trade name. It's a trade name? Okay. It's not one that that we use often at all. Actually, you probably use it more in your garden than you do on-farm. Diquat. Diquat? Okay, okay. Yeah. Diquat. Because that's in the pre-mix roundup that you buy at Walmart. They all yeah, has Diquat all in it. So. Yeah, for but I don't think we... I don't mix Diquat in ever on not farm. Usually. It's not really no, a... It's, no. Not really in our repertoire. So... Yeah. All right. So good. There we go. Glufosinate. We should really uh, catch up on that, especially with the enlist stuff coming out, because <laughs> that'll be... There'll be more, I think... Yeah, absolutely. Potential for... The well, liberty yeah, side, right? Of things. Liberty side, yeah. Yep. I, follow, I didn't follow where you're going with that. Now I got you. Yep. yep. So let's. Good. Max, who do you got on the line this week for uh, our outstanding in the field? Outstanding in our field this week, we are going to a Mr. Chris 
Topher, especially the Topher part, not Christopher, Chris Topher, Chris Topher Kringle. All right, I'll ring him up. Oh, hello. Chris Topher, how's it going today? Doing wonderful. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. I'm enjoying enjoying the holiday season. Yes, it's my favorite time of year. So uh, I, I have to tell the listeners here, you're a reindeer farmer from northern Wisconsin. Would you like to share where northern oh, Wisconsin you are? Oh, yes, yes. I'm uh, right up by the border of the upper Europe. Peninsula and Wisconsin. And how many reindeer do you have? Eight tiny reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, I guess we can guess their names as well. You could try. You could try. <laughs> uh, so uh, I know you you sent me a text yesterday letting me know that you just had time for a short talk today. You've been very busy lately. Is that? Oh, yes. Christmas is my favorite time of year, so I book myself pretty solid this time of year. And what does a reindeer farmer have going on this time of year? Oh, you know, kids love to look at reindeer. <laughs> ho, 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 ho. Have you uh, seen that new commercial where that little girl talks to the reindeer with her, like, computer thing? Did you see that Yeah, one? I saw I know yeah. what you're What about you, Christopher? Uh, oh, I don't need Google Translate. <laughs> I've got elves. So you obviously have a pretty big affinity for the dairy industry. Oh, yes. I love milk with my cookies. <laughs> so for Christmas this year, are you going to bring us $20 milk? I hope so. <laughs> drink a bunch. I hope yeah. so, too. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get our, in- our intake has got to go up. Any last things to tell our farmers out there? Nope, just have a Merry Christmas. Ho, 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 ho. All right, right, I'll let you get back to work, Christopher. Have a very, very happy holiday. You too. Well, that, that was good. That was great. That was great. That was great. I yeah, really ready in the holidays. He really gets into the holidays. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's, yeah. I, that's crazy. Crazy that you can make a farm go with just eight reindeer. It's yeah. wild. Yeah. Wild. But, uh, you know, made me happy, really. But he said eight tiny reindeer. Maybe he's, he's just starting. He's got babies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Could be. Reindeer Kafo someday. A Rafo? Yeah, a Rafo, yes. Or, or, well, Kafo would work, too. Caribou animal feeding operation. operation. Reindeer yeah. and caribou are different. Uh, not so much. Yeah, reindeer <laughs> are magical. Oh, oh, is oh that, that was <laughs> <not> Sure. <laughs> And that'll do it for today. <clears throat> we talked about making feed, Egg History Minute. We talked about the horse manure apocalypse of the late 1800s. Cool beans was the house past the USMCA. That's corny was the freeze-thaw cycle not really doing its job as we're potentially losing some snow cover. You applied what? We talked about glufosinate. <clears throat> or glufosinate, sorry. And outstanding in our field, we had a Christopher Kringle that we talked to up in northern Wisconsin. So thanks for listening, and as always, happy farming. <laughs>